This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Greetings all. This week we move outdoors with our Mayor Grant Smith to hear about the Victoria Esplanade, its history and what an amazing, interesting place it is to visit in present days. So welcome Grant. Yeah, hi and good to be here, thank you. So what are the origins of the Victoria Esplanade? Well, I suppose if you go back in, in time, you know, in the real early days, 1876, the borough of Palmerston North was granted 361 acres of land for use as a public park. Um, and that really was the beginnings of the, of the Esplanade. But really the true development of it began um, a little bit later in 1897. And the basic layout of the Victoria Esplanade has to be attributed to um, uh, the curator of the time, Peter Black, um, from 1908 uh, to 1946. Right. So, um, and, and for anybody who's listening who doesn't know where the Esplanade is, where, what sort of boundaries are there? Yeah, so look, from, from uh, the real early days, um, it was from Fitzherbert Avenue right through to Park Road, uh, through to Cook Street, um, in fact went right through to uh, Ruha Street. But as uh, as the city grew, um, you know, some of some housing encroached on that. In fact, there was once a plan to put a subdivision where um, Ongley Park was, and thank goodness that never gained any traction. But over time, um, there has been a, a Ministry of um, Education um, have come and put Girls High where it is. Um, there has been. Um, you know, other other encroachments um, along the sides of um, Fitzherbert, uh, Fitzherbert Avenue, but we've got the sports grounds there, Fitzherbert Park, which originally was hockey and cricket, but is now cricket. Um, and of course, we've got the twin turfs. But the the um, the basis of the Esplanade now is from Fitzherbert Avenue um, through to Manaroa Street. Um, of course, you can drive through uh, in a much slower speed zone through to the new newly constructed um, Cook Street intersection. So it's still a very very large um, park, and of course the um, the eastern boundary is the Manawatu River. All right. So, and because this is a Palmerston North history program, so an early part of this was the cafe that's now on the Esplanade. So, what is its history? Yeah. Well, it was um, it was originally well they called it Victoria House, and it actually was the New Zealand um, it was Palmerston North post um, post office on the square. Um, it was moved to the Esplanade in uh, 1989, and that was funded by the Miniature Railway Society, of course, who run that very successful miniature train right throughout the Esplanade. And look, the cafe um, has opened ever since, and it's open daily, uh, on a daily basis. Um, and as like all cafes and botanical gardens, um, you know, it's a focal point for people for meeting for coffee, um, have a little bit of morning or afternoon tea or lunch, and uh, and, and goes pretty successfully. 
All right. So, um, and why was it moved from where it was as a post office? Was it still a post office when it was moved? No, no. And it was um, it was going to end up in disrepair, and like a lot of Palmerston's heritage, <laughs> it may have got lost. So, thank goodness we had a very progressive and still do um, miniature railway society, and um, this, the council of the day saw it, saw a need for doing something in the. In the Esplanade, in a cafe, if you look at other botanical gardens, and, and essentially the Esplanade is the city's botanical gardens, um, you know, in Christchurch, Dunedin, um, Wellington, Auckland, they all have um, a cafe or a focal point. So Palmerston North um, certainly needed that. Um, and, and, and to be really honest, um, 1989 was a long time coming. Right, and um, what are the opening hours? Because it's not open all all day, every day, is it? Well, it is. It's open. Um, cafes open daily, uh, nine thirty to four pm. So um, it's you know again that doesn't suit everybody because I mean the Esplanade is well visited after work. Um, but look, it, um, it it's a good facility um, uh, for the uh, for the Esplanade. Of course, council's looking at the future of what all that looks like at the moment, um, but. Uh, we're fortunate that we have so many um, great things about the Esplanade. It is quite a varied place. It's just not a garden. Um, it has um, other amenities there as well. So is, is the cafe owned by um, an individual and, and run by them? Or, oh, it's, or it's, it's, a, it's like most of our facilities. Uh, the city council um, owns, owns, owns right. it um, and leases it out. Oh, okay. So cool. So that's 9.30 to 4. And that's seven days a week? Yes, Right, okay, so next to the garden we've got the Dugald Mackenzie Rose Gardens, so what's the name significance with that? Well, it was established in 1968 and it was named after the late um, Dougal Mackenzie. He was the superintendent of Parks and Reserves um, from 1946 to 1966. So as you can see, Peter Black started all the great work um, and did all the original plantings and then uh, Dougal Mackenzie came through and saw that next stage of it and quite incredible to think that um, for nearly um, 70 plus years only two men oversaw or two individuals oversaw the establishment of the Esplanade and of course if I just go back to Peter Black he uh, he worked in the Queen's Gardens um, in, in England so he came with quite a pedigree and we were very lucky to have him in quite a small um, town in those days um, to establish the, the Victoria Esplanade. And the Victoria Esplanade is one of the few um, nationally rated um, uh, five-star gardens um, in, in New Zealand. And uh, we're quite fortunate and perhaps underrated to the significance of the gardens. And, of course, the um, Rose Gardens are named after Dougal Mackenzie and they're the New Zealand um, International Rose Trial um, gardens. We had the um, annual awards there just at the weekend, and I can say that the gardens um, in my time as mayor, I don't think have ever looked as good. The, the roses were really blooming. Um, there has been quite a bit of um, trimming of trees, um, and and it's almost lightened it up. And the camellia walk is very visible now, um, and. It's only one of four internationally renowned uh, rose gardens on this side, in the, on, on this side of the equator, in the southern hemisphere. So right. Hamilton Gardens, um, Pretoria Gardens in South Africa, and Adelaide uh, Rose Gardens, obviously in Australia. All right. So, um, and the purpose of it when it was established was just to have some nice roses, or was it then? No, um, it was to. It was for um, Manawatu's. Always had a very, very strong. Uh, Rose Society and and actually right around us, you know, Rangitake, um, 
um, the uh, fielding have all been uh, strong um, and very successful rows. Um, uh, enthusiasts, uh, rows, or enthusiasts whatever, yes, and, right. and, and and growers and breeders, mm-hmm. and I think it's because of our climate, um, and so there was a real need um, to put down um, trial gardens uh, for um, you know um, new varieties, new breeds, and showing off the roses in a more public setting. So they're not all um, new ones. There there are some old, yeah. So they, names. it's a mix. So we oh, have right. the, what you call the permanent beds, um, and around the uh, water feature is the more permanent beds, and then the international um, uh, trial beds are at either end of the rose garden. Oh, right. So very. I mean, we've got our pride of Palmerston North rose too, which has been bred over the last couple of years in time for. Um, the sesquicentennial year, which is a very, very, um, it's a hybrid tea rose, so it's a very vibrant um, yellow rose and a beautiful, beautiful looking rose. And does that have a scent? No, it's fake. Fragrance isn't like, and sometimes you have to compromise on whether um, and <laughs> beauty I'm, I'm, versus, I'm no, beauty yeah, beauty versus, versus scent. Um, scent and smell. Right. I'm no rose um, expert, but I, I do know the challenges that they have. Originally, I asked them because I was very much part of the um, uh, part of the start of this, is if we could get a green rose, which are very, very rare and hard to to breed. And uh, we we couldn't quite get there, but the uh, rose um, breeder uh, Rob um, Summerfield and and Tauranga uh, came up with an absolute uh, vibrant and superbly coloured yellow rose, which we're more than happy with. So it's not the yellow rose of Texas; it's the yellow rose <laughs> of Palmerston North. The pride of Palmerston, <laughs> right? So also in the general vicinity um, of the Esplanade uh, Rose Gardens and the cafes, the children's paddling pool. So when that was and when and why was that established? Well, that was built in the in, in the late 1930s, and after so much loss of life um, for Palmerston North, especially, and the wider Manawa too, we gave more men and women um, to the Great War cause in World War One, and lost so many people uh, that you know uh, there was a strong patriotic desire from the RSA to have some sort of. Um, uh, memorial or gift to the children of Palmerston North. So it's it was built in the late 1930s. It was a gift from the RSA to the people and especially the children of Palmerston North. It's it was in the shape of the RSA badge. If you look at it, um, um, if you if you ever get a bird's eye view of or photo, you can see that it's in the shape of the oh, RSA okay. badge. That's something I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's actually. We're quite again quite lucky, and and it's been upkept very very well. And in recent times, we've added a bit of shade, we've refurbished, we've repainted, and it's 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 well used and a great place for real young ones because it's it's obviously a paddling pool. And I understand um, in the last few years, there it's been painted with murals, which won awards. Was that correct, or am I? Yeah, yeah, it has. <laughs> and and look, there's always. Um, uh, you know, of the time of the of the era of the day, and uh, and those murals have suited what um, uh, what is needed at the time um, in in the Esplanade. But uh, again, I don't think we can um, um, underestimate its origins um, from the Return Services Association. So the City Council maintains it; so it's not maintained by the RSA. Oh no, no, it's okay. very much well. Okay, it wouldn't by, be maintained no, then, would it? There's no, no RSA in no. and North is well not great one anyway. I mean, there, it is still here, but... Yeah. And also recently established is the Wildlife Recovery Centre. So what is it? So 
Wildlife um, um, Recovery Centre is a wild base, um, as it's as it's officially named. A wild base, not yes, wildlife. Yeah. Oh, right. So, wild base is is connected to Massey University. So, the wild base hospital up at Massey. And if you could think of um, the recovery ward um, for patients is actually in the Esplanade. So it's a combination or a joint venture between Mass University, um, the Department of Conservation. It's the only facility um, in New Zealand to have a 30-year licence to look after New Zealand's um, native wildlife. So that's mainly birds, but includes tuatara, um, uh, penguins, um, a number of different species that come through the um, the uh, centre and it's connected to the to the hospital um, and also has some arrangements with the Wellington Zoo now as well. Rangitane are involved and you'll see that in the design of the of the centre. Um, it has a educational facility um, which again is in, in, in is bilingual as well. So of course a number of our different birds um, have um, uh, you know, uh, native names, and it's a great way for children to learn and understand uh, the beauty of our of our um, of our wildlife. So it's not necessarily the same. So if you if you went today, you might see different things next week. Yes, you, you, yeah, yeah, and look, it's a bit of a, um, it, it's you know, you just don't know. It's like a hospital; you just don't know who the patients are going to be. So one time it might be a penguin, little blue penguin that's been um, recovering um, in the pools, or it might be a um, kiwi or or a, or a kaka or something. They have their resident tuatara's, um, and there are some um, uh, other um, native birds there. Um, they have breeding <coughs> breeding pairs of ducks. Um, the rear um, theoducts, so um, we're quite lucky that we've managed to um, get those breeding pairs to um, to have babies. So, I mean, uh, the, the place is a fantastic setup, and of course, the Rotary clubs of um, not only the city but the wider Manawatu two and New Zealand and Lions clubs all uh, raised the seven million plus dollars to to build the um, capital project of of the recovery centre. Right, and when is it open? <clears throat> That's um you you do have to book for this, especially with the schools and the children's program. Um, but it is open um, on – you have to go to the website because the hours have changed during to COVID, uh, but certainly is open um, during the weekends as well. Is um, that a, um, a wild base website or is that the City Council website? Oh, it's on both, but yeah, oh, right, it's, got, yeah. it's got its own direct website, um, Wild Base Recovery Centre. So you book – and is there a cost? No, no, there isn't, but I think they look for COHA for or a gold coin donation. So, I mean, it's a great facility and – uh, I know their, you know, their numbers are pretty impressive. Uh, nearly seventy thousand people went through it uh, in, in the last year, so it's it's well sought after. And volunteers are still required, and, and uh, yeah. So again, um, it's going onto the website um, and, and linking on there. Um, like all entities, um, there's a friends of or, or a volunteer group that are that are needed, um, and uh, it, you know, it's it, it's a, it's a great. Um, it's a great um, gift that you can give back to the city as well. And I guess you could go on there and find out how often you could volunteer and, and to do what, to various things. I guess the cages need cleaning and all that sort of thing as well. Yeah, it's a bit specialised. Um, there's a lot of um, uh, you know guiding um, people through who are the patients this week. All right. Um, yeah, there's a lot of the, the guided 
guided tour aspect of it as well. So you need to have a basic knowledge of what a blue penguin is and what it is, etc., etc. Well, I think it's helpful to know that. I think they give you a bit of induction, yeah. Right. So, and next to the um, Wild Base Recovery Centre is is the um, Aveys. So they've changed over the years. Yeah, and look, the, these were the exotic aviaries, and um, we did have the duck breeding program in there and a couple of other um, uh, native birds. But, of course, they've moved now um, into the wild base um, centre. So it's very much the exotic, and uh, originally there was some thoughts of do we need these aviaries, but they are hugely popular. Not only the um, to, you know to see them, but the sights, the sounds, um, and the sensory side of it. So, the aviaries will get a revamp. Um, we've, uh, you know, they were built in, in the in the era, and it, it met the, um, um, I suppose, the requirements of the day. Um, but it's clear that now they um, we've knocked a few walls down to give the birds um, more roaming space, um, and obviously uh, we will be revamping those to modern day standards. And of over, course, they're over, open, so you don't need to walk open, or anything to see them. You just walk past yeah, them and enjoy. Open, yeah, they're open twenty four seven, and uh, as I said, they're very much the exotic. Um, but birds. the, the espinada is closed certain times. Yeah, or? so it locks down at night, um, and we do that just really because we don't want people roaming around the place. No, it'll be good overnight thing in the dark, and goodness knows what damaged vandals etc. could do. I suppose if they were that, that way inclined. So, and the hot houses is, is that Peter Black? Yeah, that's the Peter. Yep. So that's the Peter Black Conservatory, and it's located in that central area of the Esplanade, next to the uh, Wild Base Centre. It was built in 1940, and it hosts uh, more subtropical, tropical plants. And yeah, you know, we have a fruiting uh, banana palms in there, a coffee tree, a, a large collection of orchids. And look, we had the New Zealand um, uh, Garden Conference um, a number of years ago, and I had so many people. And these are these are, you know, New Zealand renowned and some internationally renowned gardeners, and they could not get over how good the Peter Black Conservatory was. In fact, they said it was uh, world class. So we're quite fortunate. It, it's it's um, entranceway is um, in need of refurbishment, but the actual. Hothouse itself was refurbished about about uh, seven years ago, so it's it's um, it's in good shape. Um, it's well looked after. We've got a great team of gardeners who absolutely love and breathe breathe this horticultural um, uh, horticultural lifestyle. So I mean, we're 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 very lucky and blessed as a city to have such a great asset. So was he instrumental in putting in? What is there now? Or there, there'd been lots of things added, presumably because that was a hundred odd years ago that he was around. Or yeah, more. well, no, no, it was towards the end of his career, so nineteen forty. So it's not quite a hundred, but it has been a number of decades. Um, but it's been refurbished. Yes, he he was he liked the um, to bring some subtropical plants, um, and obviously being a um, you know, having green fingers and being a real gardener himself, um, he wanted to show. Um, People of Palmerston North, what other parts of the world um, had in plants. He also um, obviously was into orchids as well, and that's been obviously been revamped over the years. Um, but it's well worth a. Um, I'm, I'm been quite amazed, and I, I was lucky enough to take the minister, in fact, a couple of ministers through it um, right. over the last few years. And and uh, we had Maggie Barry, of course, who was the minister of conservation when. Wild base was first started or first mooted as an idea, and we took her through. And 
she obviously is a keen gardener and she could tell that the Peter Black Conservatory was quite special. Right, and I guess he may have had a whole lot of opposition at the time. Nonsense, you can't grow bananas in Palmerston North and that kind of thing. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, the original vines for some of the Hawke's Bay were attempted here first, but we just were too wet. You know, there's just too much rain uh, in Palmerston North and, some, and that's why our roses go so well and they don't go there well in the Hawke's Bay. Um, but they can grow great vines because of that hot, humid weather. Right. So, yes, there would have been an element of that. But, of course, with greenhouses and large greenhouses, the Manawatu's always had great soils. So um, we are, a, we are a, um, a bit of a mecca for growing things. So we can see growing things. We can go to the Peter Black Conservatory. Then we've got the aviaries. We've got the Wild Base Recovery Centre, a cafe if we want to go there, the children's paddling pool, um, Lots and lots of things to do. So also a popular attraction you mentioned before is the Esplanade train. And I understand that's been running for over 40 years at least. Um, so who, who um, instigated that and when and etc. Yeah, so the, the miniature train's uh, well over 50 years. In fact, they had the... Um, 50th um, a couple of years ago um, but look that was in the uh, then Mayor Paul Riga um, in the era in the, in the late 60s and they've um, they've done a fantastic job and they've really grown, they've always done well and it's always been a very popular uh, attraction but in more recent years they've, uh, they've built a new uh, railway station at the uh, Cook Street end um, and probably rivals <laughs> our, our railway station here uh, in some <laughs> it ways. It not take long to outdo yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's quite spectacular. And, you know, they've built new workshops. Um, they've done some line deviations to, um, to, to um, stay away from the wild base um, recovery centre because they don't want to disturb the birds too much, but also get down to the other end of uh, the playground, and I do know that they've um, they've got future plans down there when the uh, lions put in their um, their mini golf um, links there as well. So we're, we're really, I mean, they carry probably more passengers than Kiwi Rail do. <laughs> Think about seventy thousand passengers. Right. So when, um, when does it run? Yeah, so it runs it runs on weekends and on public holidays. Uh, they COVID has really. Uh, messed their timetable around, but uh, I understand that when we come into the orange traffic light that they'll be looking at uh, restarting their their train services. So again, just look on the website there and watch out for their Facebook page as well. And a very small cost? Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's, it's the gold coin stuff, but uh, they... Uh, they do a great job, and it's not just for children. That no, no, it's for some old for children lots, as lots well. Lots of old ones like us. <laughs> so cool. And talking about children and and uh, um, travelling, etc. The the children's traffic area. That's a reasonably new addition. Yeah, so that's the Junior Road Safety Park, and it was something that was uh, um, brought to us by some. Uh, some mums and some families that came to council when I was brand new mayor, actually. And it was an idea which um, gained traction. Um, again, the beauty of being community-driven, um, it was fundraised um, and the cost to the ratepayer was basically very minimal. We had the old caretaker's house there, if you can recall, um, which was earthquake-prone, so we had to do something with that. Um, so we decided to uh, make way for, and it had quite a big green space around it, so right. we made way there and put the Junior Road Safety Park along with all the 
um, designed intersections, and it's very, very well used. And I'd, I'd, I'd probably say one of the top ones in the country. So that's connected to our our main playground area, and again, that's had quite a, a revamp in recent times, obviously with the Flying Fox, the trampolines, um, the three-storey pole house, uh, the, mouse re- uh, the mouse wheels, as well as a, a junior playground with swings and slides. And look, I'd, there'd be hundreds of thousands of kids and families go there every year. So there's no need for anything, so they're, they're fully redeveloped now, um, or are there plans to do Bits, oh, yeah. there's always repairs and maintenance with a yep. really well-used facility. So I wouldn't say it's all sweet, it's all done. Um, but look, it's 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 right up there. And uh, we just get so many great compliments about the activities. So, you know, you can go and cool off and have a dip in the in the paddling pool. There's, a, there's free um, uh, barbecues. Um, there's plenty of picnic spaces with some lovely trees to sit under. If you want to go for a bit of a walk, closer to the river or even go right down the far end with the train Um, there'll be the mini putt coming in the new year Um, you've got um, the junior road safety park you've got the cafe you've got the wild bay center if if you're if you're um, into the roses you've got the roses or the camellia walk we are just so fortunate it really is such a great space Right, and and as you said before, that you can actually drive through there at 30k, no more, thank you people. Um, and of course the Cook Street um, end, is that completed now totally? Or? Well, it's completed to this stage. I mean, when we looked at that, um, there was a view for it to come right through um, to where the train station is, but um, the, the costs and were quite prohibitive. And also we were just trying to figure out, and, and sometimes it's good to just stage these things just to see where traffic flows would go. Um, parking has always been an issue. You know, if you're going to attract, you know, upward of seven, 800,000 visitors a year, you're going to need somewhere for them to, how they get in. And it's a big park. It's not a um, a couple of hectares, um, you know, it's it's 20 plus hectares and that's a long way to walk from one end to the other. And a lot of elderly people come, so we had to have some form of parking. And I get the whole, um, uh, you know, reliance on, over-reliance on cars, but at the moment that's what people choose to travel in. Um, we have a lot of cyclists, um, a lot of, now a lot of e-scooters and a lot of um pedestrians and walkers come through and runners come through the esplanade and they all add to the mix as well. It's certainly not a car haven but you have to get through from one end to the other in, so a, in, a, slow, in a slow fashion. So you mentioned elderly people. Um, when I was last there I didn't notice any benches out or anything that perhaps they could sit on. Oh, um, yeah, so there are is. there some? Oh there? yes, you just weren't looking oh, I just in. had my eyes closed when I went <laughs> yeah, past you them. Have. I mean there would be literally hundreds of them. They're strategically placed under trees. Around the rose gardens is probably 30 or around alone around the rose gardens. So, look, there are literally um, along the the, um, river frontage um, on the um, Hiarakotahi Bridge end. Um, And, again, we're lucky the bridge has all been connected up. There's now a very clear pathway down to the river pathway from the um, railway station um, there's a strong linkage now from Cook Street realigned. Um, yeah, no, there's, there is lots of places. Right, well, thank you very much. We've sort of almost run out of time, so that's great. So there's the Esplanade for you, and as I said at the beginning, an amazing, interesting place to visit. So thank you very much for that, Grant. Thank you. 
support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.